Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 2 Sam's Death An expectant hush settled in the room. Jackson gave a sigh. Now it's time for the hard part. I was desperate to get out of my situation. I asked questions. No one, I mean no one, has ever been able to get out of being a seeker. It looked as if the oath that was made was not only binding in this life, but in the spirit world as well. Jackson rubbed his fingers through his hair in an agitated gesture. I don't know what all that means, but it sounds like forever. Obviously, I wasn't thinking straight. I tried to come up with different solutions in my head. It seemed so completely hopeless. I wonder now if I had someone I could talk to and reason with. I could have seen the holes in the solution I came up with. Jackson paused, unable to go on for a moment. I knew Katie trusted me, but didn't really trust me. I had admitted to her I was a seeker. Seekers were trying to kill her and her friends. Yet, I had not only helped her, but had saved her a couple of times. I could feel her emotions. I knew how much she loved Samantha Black. When the symptoms developed for Sam to be a werecat, I came up with the most selfish, stupidest plan anyone has thought of. Jackson ran his fingers once again through his messed up hair in agitation. My plan, he sighed, my plan was to turn Sam into a seeker. Since Katie loved Sam so much, I thought she would accept Sam as a seeker onto her team. This in turn gave me the chance to join also. Katie glanced around the room. Everyone's eyes were riveted on Jackson, except for David, who was staring straight at her. His eyes were so angry. She felt the waves of heat penetrating her soul. She quickly looked away. She knew there was always a chance once David had learned exactly what happened, he would not want to have anything to do with her. She sighed. It was still the right thing to do, to tell everyone concerned what happened. Clearing her throat, she looked out over the audience appearance. Sam was so funny. Every time she got a hot flash, she would run around showing everyone her sweat. When she was having a cold flash, she was all dramatic, bundling herself up. Katie trailed off as an ache in her chest started to form. It became obvious she was not going to make it to the weekend. I was preparing everyone to go to the cabin. Sam had asked only Lizzie and I be present. She looked towards Mrs. Black. When you're turning, you have no control. One minute you're human. The next, you're an animal. You're ripping your clothes to shreds. And the next, you're standing there naked, freezing to death. 
Sam had watched everyone except for me change. She wanted to keep a little of her dignity intact. Her biggest argument was, I was able to change by myself. She asked if we could step out just before the initial change. I told her I was worried about seekers coming to the cabin. She just laughed and said she knew I could protect her. Katie paused, her eyes filling up with tears. As all of you are already aware, I was unable to do that. Jackson spoke up. Before we get to Sam's death, you need to know that another were-animal turned. She was not in my territory, but went to Central High. Candy felt electrical currents and asked for Katie's help in trying to find her. I listened to the conversation and knew they were going to be too late to reach her. He paused and looked up at the ceiling. I was afraid they would run into Sergis and get hurt. I followed, making sure they would be okay. I was careless, and Sergis saw me in his territory. He became suspicious and started following me. Katie indicated the large lioness lying on the floor. I would like everyone to meet Jackie Oakland. She is the seeker Candace and I tried to save that day. The large cat sat up and gave a very human-like wave to everyone before she lay back down. There were a few abnormalities that should have suggested to me Sam was special. First, everyone changed on a full or new moon, even Katie. It was obvious Sam was going to change the day before the full moon. Even if I went and told the leaders Sam was going to change into a were-animal, they would have attacked a day later than the event. Second, the electrical waves emanating from the cabin were so strong, they were almost tangible. The spirit of the great white tiger had planned Sam's turning, Katie explained. It had four large were-animals who could stand over her and protect her, except she wasn't protected like she should have been. Two of the were-animals who should have been there were miles down the road, waiting for the all-clear call. Lizzie and I were outside, standing by the doors, watching the woods, but not watching the windows. I didn't change into a wolf because I don't know why I didn't change. If I was in animal form, I would have smelled anyone trying to get close to the cabin. Jackson shook his head. I crept up to the cabin and could see Katie standing outside. I was afraid she was too close and could hear everything going on in the cabin. I had to get her to step away. I called out to her with my thoughts, telling her what a beautiful night it was, and she needed to look at the moon to see how big and bright it was. I was afraid she wouldn't fall for it. I was surprised when she did. I stepped down from the porch, keeping my eyes on the front door and the immediate woods. I only took a couple of steps away. I thought I was still close enough to hear everything and still protect Sam. I slowly opened a window and started to crawl inside. I heard a sound that made me turn around. Sergis was standing beside me. He knew what I was trying to do and wanted to tag along. I didn't know how to tell him no without getting him more suspicious of my actions. 
I started asking Jackson where he had been. How come he disappeared from my thoughts? I was afraid Katie would come running into the cabin before I was done changing Sam into a seeker. I was concentrating so hard on keeping Katie away from the cabin. I wasn't paying attention to where Sergis was in the room. I rushed through the ultimatum. Jackson shook his head. He cautiously looked over to the black family and said softly, Sam told me in a clear, strong voice, she would rather die than become a seeker. I sat there for a couple of seconds wondering, what do I do now? Sergis. Jackson stopped talking. His voice choked with emotion. He moved from behind me so fast. I heard Sam scream. I realized I had traveled too far away from the cabin to hear what was going on inside. Sergis wanted to feed on her. As I ran up the steps to the cabin, two large cats came crashing through the window. I recognized Jackson in his black panther form. I knew Katie recognized me. I wanted to try to explain. Lizzie started screaming inside the cabin. Tears were streaming down Katie's face. There was nothing I could do but run after Sergis, making sure he didn't come back. I ran into the cabin and saw Sam on the floor. Her throat, there was so much blood. I tried to stop the bleeding. She shook her head. There was nothing I could do. Katie looked towards the Black family. Tears were streaming down their faces. Mrs. Black was rocking back and forth. Her eyes haunted. Katie had to force herself to keep watching. I'm so sorry, Katie and Jackson said in unison. It's It's my my fault. fault. Both of their heads twisted slightly at the same angle. I wish, still in unison, if if I could could change change that day and bring her back. They both shook their heads exactly the same way. It's It's my my entire entire fault. I'm I'm so, so sorry. Katie sat motionless, tears streaming down her face. The room was completely silent, except for the quiet sobs emanating from Mrs. Black. Mrs. Black, don't you ever apologize to me again, Jackson said softly. Katie watched Mrs. Black, wondering if what she had told them would change things in their relationship. She used to spend all her time in the black home. She desperately wanted them to forgive her, but was unsure how she could ever gain their love again. What happened next? Katie turned to the sound of her mother's voice. What? You are now friends, Katie's mom said softly. How did that transpire? Katie looked back at Jackson, who motioned for her to continue. The car accident, she said quietly. When I wrecked my car, I was badly hurt. I was in the cabin, and I heard a noise. I walked outside to investigate, and saw the spirit of the great white tiger. It took off running. I followed it, and found Katie. I thought she was dead. When I realized she wasn't, I was afraid to take her to the hospital, because she might change into a wolf. He shrugged. I ran back, got my vehicle, and came back. I dragged her down the ravine 
where I had parked and brought her back to my cabin. Jackson paused and looked towards the large lioness who had sat up. He nodded his head a couple of times before giving Katie a quick glance. Jackie, just inform me. Sergis had discovered Katie's wreck and was looking for her. Sergis and a couple of the other older seekers were searching the area, looking for Katie's body. He looked towards Katie. I was really lucky to have found you when I did. Katie gave a little shiver. She remembered her mom telling her the rangers had found several large animal tracks, including drag marks. The authorities were looking for what was left of her. She glanced towards her mom, who once again had tears in her eyes. When I woke up, I couldn't remember Sam's death. She shrugged, trying to explain herself. I remembered everything up to the day of her death. Everything after that was a complete blank. When I realized she couldn't remember, I was relieved. Then it started to drive me crazy because I kept expecting the axe to fall. When I finally did remember, I tried to turn into a wolf to fight him, but I could no longer transform. Katie allowed me to tell her my side of the story. The most amazing thing happened. She forgave me. He gave her a smile, radiating his entire features. A little embarrassed, Katie smiled back at him. She looked back towards the audience, careful not to look in David's direction. The night I changed, I was so scared. If Jackson would have come to me and gave me the ultimatum, I would have chosen life. She looked directly towards her mom. You would have come home from Chicago and found me missing. You would never have known what happened to me. She looked towards Mr. and Mrs. Black. When Jackson told me his story, I knew Sam would choose death. She was the courageous one. She always chose what she thought was right. Every time. She never deviated from her integrity. So, this Sergis and others like him are out there trying to kill every one of you? Jackson's mother piped up in a scared voice. Sergis is dead, Katie said. This part of the mountain has been completely cleaned of evil seekers. Forrest snorted in the back. Katie looked towards him with narrowed eyes. You keep your opinions to yourself, old man. A couple of weeks ago, I was attacked and was brought before all the seekers in the area. They were going to make an example out of me for my betrayal. His voice trailed off. The pure hearts rescued me and the other new seekers like Jackie. He indicated the large lioness on the floor. Those that fought against us died. Nine seekers gave up and didn't want to fight. They are now part of our team. Pure hearts? Jackson chuckled softly. That's the name the seekers started calling you and the others. Where have I heard that name before? Care Bears, Candy said. What? Katie turned to Candy. The Care Bears have a pure heart. Care Bears? Katie looked disgusted. You have got to be kidding me. She looked towards the large lioness on the floor, who was obviously laughing her head off. That's just not right. Roars echoed outside 
as the other seekers joined in, parents started looking around apprehensively when they realized there must be several large cats just outside. Don't be afraid. They're harmless. Katie tried to reassure the parents. Forrest gave a large harumph. Once again, Katie looked towards the back, giving Forrest a dirty look. Her gaze slid over to David, who was eyeing Forrest with interest. Oh, great. She didn't want David talking to Forrest while he continued to spew his own form of hatred about seekers. He firmly believed all seekers were bad and could never be redeemed. For a time, she had wrestled with her own misgivings about Jackson. She had actually seen the great white tiger forgive Jackson and return his animal soul back to him. Looking towards the audience, she realized she had one last piece of information to give them. She knew this was going to be just as tough for the blacks to handle as hearing about Sam's death. She paused a moment before clearing her throat, getting everyone's attention again. There is one last thing I need to tell you. This is going to be hard for you to handle. She looked towards David, her eyes glistening. Sergis is not the real name of the seeker who killed Sam. The room fell into an expectant silence. His name was Stephen Benz. She stared into David's eyes. As shock registered through his features, he shook his head in denial. She immediately nodded her head to counter his reaction. But he knew us. Mrs. Black's cry reverberated in the room. He was in our home multiple times for years. He loved us. Katie turned to Mrs. Black. That is exactly what I told him when I realized who he was. I told him he could have just walked away and let Sam live. He told me no one gave him a chance or allowed him to walk. Why should he? I saw Stephen the 1st of January. David blurted out. He said he was home for Christmas break. He lied, Katie said softly. He came to Sam's funeral. He sat right next to me. I know. I saw him there. But it couldn't have been him. His parents would have noticed him missing. David tried to desperately reason with her. I do not know where his parents think he is, but let me assure you, Stephen Benz is dead. I know him. Not anymore. Katie hated to see the pain in David's eyes when he realized the person he had hero-worshipped was the person who killed his sister. Why? He asked softly. When the soul of the animal leaves, the human becomes corrupt. Forrest said with conviction, There are no exceptions. The person is actually worse than if they've never become a were-animal. Katie reached over, linking her arm with Jackson, who was giving Forrest a deadly stare. The lioness was giving a low, warning growl in her throat. I don't know the trigger that makes a seeker turn so evil. It wants to not only kill, but feed on human flesh. Katie tried to keep her voice steady. The seekers that are here today made an oath under duress, 
which gives them an out for redemption. The animals sold that left can be returned. Forrest shook his head, his mouth set in a grim line. We made an agreement, she reminded the old man. You were to keep your hatred to yourself. He started arguing, reiterating the words she had heard a dozen times in the last two weeks. Katie fought the urge to roll her eyes. If you don't shut up right now, I'm throwing your butt outside. I will let the Seekers do what they want with you. Katie had to stop for a couple of moments as a roar erupted outside. She couldn't help the grim smile as she saw the man fold his arms and keep quiet. Looking towards David, his eyes were once again angry. His stance defiant, he folded his arms and leaned back against the wall. How did he die? Startled, Katie quickly looked away, then returned his stare. I killed him. Were there any others we knew? Katie looked towards her mom and gently shook her head. After I seen Stephen, I didn't want to recognize anyone else. I just didn't look anymore. What about... Mrs. Black paused for a moment. What about the great evil that endangers the whole tribe that started this process? Katie sighed. She knew this was going to be one of the questions. Sam was really worried about this, too. Right now, we don't have a clue what it is. Forrest once told me, There are more were-animals turning than ever before in history. As seekers, we are not trusted. Jackson followed up. Our only job was to make sure all were-animals became seekers like us. After Sam died, Sir Jackson paused. Stephen seemed to go to another level where he was trusted. There's something big coming. He shrugged to emphasize the point. We don't have a clue what it is. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of My Castle, the second book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.